Hello and welcome to another episode of the Copcast podcast. Liverpool 7 in brackets, S-E-V-E-N. Manchester United nil. Chief, this is like nothing we've ever seen before. And we've seen Liverpool tank United a number of times. Not quite seven, fours and fives and things, which has been fun. Um, and seven might have been fun, like those times as well but I think the difference here is if, if, if we want to cast our mind back to kind of to, before the game you know the pre-match mood of, of, of both sets of supporters this was a, a buoyant Manchester United team that are on the up they've signed some players game-changing Casemiro's um, they've just won the Carabao Cup, first trophy in I don't know how long, and they've rested players midweek against against West Ham, I think, and, and they come in here and people are expecting them to to do things. And on our side, I think it's it's fair to say that yeah, we know it's Anfield, we we know where there are green shoots, and we've seen those green shoots. It was what ten points from the previous twelve, no goals conceded. Um, but we see that midfield three and we're kind of apprehensive about Elliot's inclusion. Let's all be honest with ourselves. I think there's a lot of people that were, um, maybe some more Jay Reid, um, apprehensive about Jordan Henderson's inclusion, but I think we all know that's going to happen. And going into the game, I know the bookie said we were favourites, but the mood was probably slightly tipped the other way. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely was like that. A lot of um, a lot of the talk recently has been about United's resurgence, and to be fair to them, they've you know they've been getting results. I haven't been watching much of them, but you know you, you always keep an eye on the score. Um, but from what I've heard, they've, you know, they've um, been able to go behind in games and come back. They've beaten Barcelona in their run the, in the Europa League. Um, and obviously they won the Carabao Cup last week. I mean, against a fairly weakened Newcastle side, obviously, with, with no goalkeeper. Um, so... And obviously, we've had our ups and downs this season so far. I mean, I think we can. We were all saying we were on a good run or starting to get onto a good run in the league. But obviously, the and, and for one half against Real Madrid, we looked our old selves again. But then, of course, we collapsed uh, in that game, and that knocked a bit of stuffing out of us. Obviously, so everyone was poised and waiting to see, but. Um, I don't think anyone was expecting seven. <laughs> no, nobody was expecting seven. I don't think anybody was expecting probably more than two or three goals in the game at the most. Um, it, but, I mean, yeah, they just kept coming and uh, it, it was, you know, we'll come to it, I'm sure, and we'll, we'll keep coming back to it. It was just 
an absolutely unbelievable, unbelievable result and and performance and capitulation and everything rolled into one. Yeah, and I think you know there was there was a lot of arguments, uh, you know, post game Neville Carragher, Sunez, etc., which is all very funny about who was better first half, blah blah blah. But I thought certainly twenty five minutes we had control of the game. Um, there's the, the the Darwin Nunez chance that that's blocked by Martinez, which I think is probably a much better chance than people have spoken about. Um, Robbo has a chance he cuts inside. He's on his right foot, so maybe you wouldn't classify that as a chance. And there's the Bruno header, which people think are going in. And then you have the Rashford chance, and you're kind of thinking then, and I was kind of thinking then, like, honestly, T5 was thinking, have we blown ourselves out here? We saw this against Real Madrid. Have we gone early for the jugular, controlled the game, been really aggressive, Fabinho Henderson win the ball high up the pitch, Elliot getting on the ball, and have we blown ourselves out? And are we now going to have to sit and suffer and maybe get picked off? And that was a serious concern for me at that point in time because it was probably... 50-50, I think the Rashford chance is massive, and then we have with the first goal, and it's Gakpo left-hand side, it's Allison to Robbo, he cuts in, the pass is fucking glorious, and that is like, <laughs> that is what you would call if you've watched all the videos and things like that, and, and as Beryl has said, as he would know more than than most people would about him, that is that was trademark Cody Cody Gakpo that first goal, unerring into the bottom corner, pace, par, great touch inside, and just unbelievable technique, and that gets us on our way. Yeah, I mean, I thought we had actually you know, had the better of the first half in terms of the play and we created a, a couple of chances. Um, you mentioned the Nunez one. Um, you mentioned a couple of others there as well, but our chances weren't necessarily the most clear-cut. I think they definitely had the, the clear-cut one, particularly with uh, with Rashford, as you say. But I'm just yeah, watching definitely. as we speak. And he's, you know, at, even at the time, I wasn't, I didn't feel particularly worried because he, he, he was somehow never in control of, of that situation or of that finish. And he, he completely, you know, watching it again, he lacked all conviction. And yeah, it, I think, you know what, to be fair, it, it looks a much easier chance than it is. It bounces right in front of him and it's, it, and it's right in the middle of the goal, which isn't necessarily where you want to be. You want to have a bit of an angle. Yeah, so it was yeah, so it was maybe tougher than than it looked like, but um, he gets his studs on it basically. It's the right idea, but he he doesn't hit through it. He he he, he cat it catches his studs, and uh, it's it's very tame. Like Allison uh, deals with it uh, comfortably, but the Gakpo finish is is brilliant. The the goal, the ball, the fact that Robbo points tells. Basically showing Gakpo where, where it's going, where to run, make your run. He's he's onside. It's a perfectly weighted ball. It's a great touch inside, and um, he just 
it's it's the fact that he knows exactly what he's going to do with it, where the goal is, where the, the as you were saying before, he has a target, he knows what he wants to hit, and he knows where he is in relation to that, and bam, it's it's in. The head doesn't move. I don't know if he if the if he gives him the eyes, but I don't think so. From looking at the replays, he seems pretty focused on the ball. He just knows exactly where he is and knows exactly where he wants to put it. And yeah, it was it was I thought a deserved one 0 lead on the balance of play, but um, I was I was relieved as well. Yeah, I was relieved. I had nervously drank an unnecessary amount of pints before that goal went in. And even at, even that at halftime, I, I was still a bit concerned. But second half, we come out, Chief. And, you know, we absolutely suffocate them. We suffocate their midfield. Fred and Casemiro, the, the greatest midfielder to play the game since fucking Zinedine Zidane or Franz Beckenbauer and apparently his, his pass completion after half an hour is 43% and he manages to get up to 60 something <laughs> great but but that I think for me the second goal is almost the best because it's a loose pass from Shaw Elliot wins it and then it's a it's a scrap it's a scrap 30 yards from goal Fabinho wins it he kind of gets tackled Veghorst's in there. He wins it back. Henderson wins it back again. Casemiro tries to get a toe on it. It's won back again. Nunez gets kind of, you know, muscled out of the ball after he takes it, takes a poor touch. But there's constantly, there's Henderson, Fabinho, back in the play up and back in the play up. And it comes to Fab and it's that lovely little dink pass we knew he has in him. And again, Salah gets the ball, but then you've Elliot back in the play up as well. And you've two players in the six-yard box ready to fucking head it in the net. And we are so front foot and aggressive. Like, we are... It's like a boxer walking out of the corner of the ring going, I'm going to knock you out here. I'm going to I'm gonna pin you back into the corner and I'm going to knock you out. Whether it's body shots, a head shot, whatever it might be. And... We go in and we do that, and 2-0, a couple of minutes into the second half, and that that's at that point, you don't realise it then, but at that point, in hindsight, that's it. You know, Not only has the match been won on goals, but the fight's been won in that one move. Yeah, I mean, 2-0, we were talking about it before the pod, 2-0 killed it. 2-0, they lost it. They lost their heads at 2-0. And three nil. That's why three nil came so quickly. And when three nil came, everyone they, they knew it was over. I mean, that was it. Everybody, everybody did. And their the manner of their collapse was a joy to behold. I mean, they talk about playing with pride, and you know, not you know, in general, not not giving the your worst enemies the or your biggest rivals the satisfaction. Fuck, did they give us the satisfaction? Like. You know what I mean? They um, they showed exactly what it meant to them and what they um, what they felt in their emotions and how they how they crumbled. And we 
were just far, far, far too good for them. I mean, I'm watching again here, the fourth goal won't the, as we break out. And just, the um, again, it, it's, it's one of them where it doesn't quite come off first time and they have to win a couple of balls back and it comes through the Salah and he just absolutely smashes it home. And at that point, you're in dreamland at 4-0. You're like, okay, don't have to worry anymore. Don't have to sweat anymore. That's definitely it over. And you can just get into the celebratory. And I think that's, what, 65 minutes or something, 4-0? Um, yeah, something like that. And and, and and the thing that was labelled, you know, people said, oh, there's, there's no leaders in there, no leaders. And I'm like, there's Casemiro. There's Rafa Varane. There's Lissandro Martinez, who's just come back from winning the World Cup. There's you know, Bruno Fernandes. Well, well, Bruno Fernandes is their captain. Whether you would call him a leader or not, on that evidence, I would like. there's enough evidence to argue against that than you'd find in a catalogue of games for any other player. No, but, to- totally. Do you know what I mean? But I don't think that's necessarily the thing. I, I kind of feel like this is... This is referred trauma from all of the fucking hammerings we've given them. And Wenger's talked about this with Arsenal, referred trauma. And they're, they, they're still, you know, 10 years later suffering from that at Anfield. Getting, no matter how good they are, getting smashed every time they come. And I say that now, we play them in a couple of weeks. Maybe but I shouldn't, are, but... Are they not also, you know, is it, is it also perhaps a little bit of you know, they've come up against us and they've, you know, they've been improving and improving and everyone's been talking about them. And as you said, they've come in, they've fancied themselves a wee bit and they've come up against us again and they realise, fuck, we're just the same. Yeah, maybe so, maybe so. See, if I want to come back to the third goal, the third goal is... A thing of beauty? Oh, like, aesthetically... It's one of, for me, the best counter-attacking goals you'll ever see. The way it shapes up, it looks like it's almost from their corner. And it's not Fernandez again, no matter how much he thinks of the big I am. This is the first of three goals he's complicit in giving away. Henderson reads his pullback, pops it off to Gakpo. It's not a great pass. He kind of, I think he has to lift it to get it past the fella, but Gakpo's first touch on his thigh take it away, shrugs your man off, holds the ball until, and you think he should maybe give it earlier, but he holds it and holds it until the exact right moment because essentially he's a lot better at football than us. <laughs> and sends Salah away. And then you have, and then you have Mohamed Salah in Mohamed Salah territory. Isolated the centre half that's had to come out to see him. He's driving inside in space. The speed of movement to look like he's going outside and chop back outside again. And then he chops back in. Martinez has no, Martinez has no idea where he is. He, it, he doesn't know what day it is at that point. He shows him his number. He falls on the floor. And the pass is, uh, it is sublime. The only thing that supersedes the beauty of the pass is the finish and the final icing on the cake is the fact that it hit, it hits that little bit of 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 piping that holds the net down and the ball bounces up into the roof of the net after and it's just 
absolutely stunning. Yeah, I mean, you've you've described it there in 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 beautiful detail. It's uh, it's just a joy to behold. It's what you want to see. It's it's reminiscent of us at our best under club. Um, and you know, it's such a a change from what we've been, what we were witnessing. Mm. You know, five six weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, even. Um, and you know, we've kept fans have obviously kept the faith, and the players have deserved to sort of have the the time to get over what they've needed to get over from last season and gel together as well in in in, um, in terms of new signings and, and also obviously dealing with all the injuries. And it seems that um, they've come out of that now, essentially, for want of a better phrase. And um, it hasn't been a gradual process. You know, there's been a little bit of it as we've seen in the last few few results in the league, keeping the clean sheets, you know, getting the, the win against Newcastle, which was necessary, and in the manner that we did it, um, and getting results that were, you know, against Wolves there, professional win, and just grad, sort of building up over a couple of games. But... We saw glimpses of it again, as I mentioned earlier, in the Real Madrid first half, where we were fucking, where we had we had them panicked and shitting themselves. They were breaking it until um, Vinicius spins and and smashes that one in with a with a, a, a talk about an honor and finish. That that changed that game completely. Um, that that their whole performance went from there. But that first, what was it, 15, 20 minutes, we had them quaking in their boots. And um, what did we say at the time in the, in the chat? that and, and Dave Caron said it as well, I think. Any other team? Yeah, totally. And, and Man United buckled. If <laughs> like, put it like that. Yeah, any other team crumbles at... at at 2-0 at Anfield, but Real Madrid don't, and that's just the way it is. We've managed to have a special guest join us. Johnny Henderson, how are you feeling right now? Can you hear me okay? First yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I apologise for my tardiness. Um, I was as late as uh, the butcher Martinez going in for a tackle. Oh, Salah, trying to catch up with. Oh, Johnny. So we've, we've kind of talked. We've kind of talked to the first half. Um, <laughs> oh, good. Um, so I missed. I missed the. I missed the boring part. That's yeah, great. you missed the boring part. You missed the boring part. <laughs> and yeah, I think we talked about what what made this so so much more fun than even a seven 0 result should be. And you think how much more fun can a seven 0 result be? But you know, <laughs> this is. It's this result is ridiculous. Not just in not just in the result itself, but 
you think about coming into the game, how the two fan bases were feeling, how the two teams were performing. United coming off the back of a cup win, us trying to get our shit together, but also getting smashed by Madrid. And then Cody Gakpo finishes them, the player United wanted to sign. Um, Nunez scores too. Apparently the player was linked with United as well. <laughs> we have we have Salah, the chief tormentor, popping up with two goals, breaking Robbie Fowler's Premier League scoring record. And then the icing on the cake, Bobby rocks in, sc- scores a goal. And this is all in the back of Rio Ferdinand and Gary Neville not being as confident as they were of United coming into a game at Anfield in five, six, seven years. And it's it's almost too absurd to believe if you didn't watch it with your own eyes, isn't it? Yeah, it's I, I've watched the game back several times, the, the second half especially, and it, it, it is really hard to make sense of it because all those things you've said are true. And the game was framed as being um, almost like the, you know, this was going to be the game where, not the changing of the guards, the wrong way to put it, but, you know, the view was the pendulum has swung and, you know, Ten Hag is going to be the man to lead United back to, you know, their promised land, so to speak. They've won their trophy. You know, they've been fairly solid. Barcelona running away with La Liga um, and Real Madrid tank us. They knock Barcelona out. So there's a lot of, there was a lot there. And, and this, I suppose this game was, was them. This was really their chance to make that, that statement, you know, that they were back fresh off a trophy a week, a week previously. Um, and yeah, everything, it's, 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 it's such a mad game. And, I mean, the, the really optimistic... I mean, we've sat on these pods, haven't we? And we've slaughtered Liverpool, and rightly so. I mean, because we've been miles off it. There's been mitigations. There's been things wrong. Um, but then all of a sudden, everything that's good about a Jurgen Klopp team is, is, is evident. And all of a sudden, the narrative swung from, you know, this was United coming to lay down the marker and show us that they'd caught us up. Because Ranjik made a comment last last season. They were six years behind us. I remember that very clearly after the Anfield game. And and they came and they looked like a team <laughs> ten years behind us by, by half six on on Sunday evening. And I think for the club era it's I mean, it's up to the it's up to the players now to take this forward, but it feels it feels really significant because it feels like all of a sudden Gapko has found his groove, found his place on the side, his link up play, everything about him, his intelligence. Nunez gets his two goals. You know, Salah looks back to himself. Fabinho, Casemiro's been lauded this season, rightly so for most of it. He's made a big difference to them. Fabinho, Henderson, Elliot completely dominate the midfield. So, but I've never just, I suppose, watching the goals back. One, you've got to acknowledge they're absolutely shocking. I mean, they're like a, they're like a kids' team. The chances they have to clear some of the balls and everything we hit just seems to fly in. Um, 
but it's just it's it's arrived at the perfect time for us because we were all on the floor after Madrid and all of a sudden Spurs Newcastle are really wobbling. Fourth field's there to there to grab. Diaz is coming back. The rumors that Bellingham's going to join are getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden, there's a feeling that actually we could finish this season in really good foul, looking like our old selves, get a summer, another preseason with Gapco and Nunez, and really go for it next season. But it's the magnitude of it, Dave, isn't it? I mean, 7 0. Uh, yeah. I, because you know what? I, I was sort of sitting going, even under the peak Ferguson years. I think the worst we ever lost there was four. Hoopy got sent off after a few minutes. And that really was the one really bad tank. And I think they've done us 3 now a couple of times, but we've really done them in the last couple of seasons, haven't we? It's been, it's crazy. They, they do seem well, to have a mental block about us for a change, which is great. Yeah, well, we actually talked about this. We talked about this just, just before you joined. It, it, it almost feels like that. You know, that trauma that, that Wenger talked about that Arsenal suffer from. We've almost done that to them. And and the stats kind of bear it out. It's in the last ten games, I think you put it up in the group, it's 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 thirty-six goals, four, two against. Um that must be at Anfield. And yeah, yeah, it is. That that's an Anfield stat. And the last five games is we scored 21 goals against them in the last five games. That's absurd. That's absurd against any team. Yeah. <laughs> I think, Dave, you could probably go through phases in the Ferguson era where I would say in maybe five home games against them, we maybe scored three. That, like, that, uh, like genuinely, like, we had see a block the number, against See them. the numbers I'm talking about there. That's, that's, see if someone said, which two teams of these, you'd be like, mm, Man City and Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous? But Chief, I want to, I want to come on, and, and Johnny's kind of touched on it there. I think really, really interesting. The, I think the rotation between Nunez and, and Gakpo, and how how Klopp has managed to find two players. Well. I don't think he's found two players. He's got two players, right? We we're, we can debate all day long how they managed to find their way into his, his his squad. But what we essentially have there is, and the way those two were rotating, is we've got two number nines, one that can drop deep, link the play. I think Gakpo's kind of where he can hold the ball up. The Robertson chance in the second half where he kind of, he fades it just wide with his right foot, but Gakpo has the ball kind of just in the penalty area. He holds off three lovely little touches and lays it off perfectly. And then he's got Nunez, who's just like, I'm going to run him behind and like head it in in the six-yard box. It's a massive um, class. And then you've got two players who can play out the left-hand side. One that can drive infield, score, beat men, and one that's just raw pace and arrives at the back post. Um, and that sounds like four players, but that's two. And how unbelievably difficult is that to defend against? Never mind the fact that you've got that chaos going on. And I don't use that in a term of these guys are just mental. I mean that you drop in McGatko and try and stop him, and Nunez is running in behind you. But then you think, oh, I've got to drop in with a fellow. But oh my God, he's at the left hand side all of a sudden. So what do I do? 
what's this fella doing over here? He's massive. Is he going to head something in? And vice versa. And that confusion that causes is unreal. And what that also does is, as we saw, provide Mohamed Salah to become the best version of Mohamed Salah that we've seen because all of a sudden he's got space. He's got guys with great movement, great height, great physicality and pace in front of him. And this almost looks like the way home for us at the moment. And we've got Diego Jonah and, and Diaz on the bench, but that's that's a side note. Just those two, I'm just interested in your thoughts that basically four or five weeks ago were 99% of your fans are looking at those two and going, why is he just not playing Gakko on the left and Nunez in the middle? Why not? Well, we're kind of now starting to see why. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's all starting to come together. And um, when they're playing like that, when they interchange like that, we were talking about it before the pod. Nunez is, or Darwin is, is normally on, on the left and he plays, spent a lot of time there, but he scores his goals from between the posts. Um, Gakpo scores the first from playing, you know, cutting in from the left. Um, so that you were saying that, that beforehand we could sort of see the rotation a little bit, but it was kind of more in blocks. But and and it was it was a bit like that in the in the first half, you know, ten minutes. I'll do ten minutes. You do ten minutes. But they managed to make it even more fluid in the second half, and it it just destroyed them because they've, as you said, there they've got the attributes of four players between the two of them, and then you've got fucking Mo to deal with. Yeah, good luck, all the best. Um. You know, Darwin, he's uh, he's had his critics. Um, but I think a lot of us thought from the very start that he had sort of all the attributes and he would he would score a lot of goals. And even you said you thought he would score a lot of goals. And um, he's starting to sort of repay that. But his link up as well, I mean, he doesn't get the assist for, um, for Salah's rocket. But he pretty much... You know, he pretty much makes that. Um, and I think he's got four or five for Salah already. So, I mean, he's, he's very much involved in 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 the goals rather than uh, as well as sort of sticking them away. But it's interesting sort of um, seeing him grow into and seeing his confidence grow, seeing him grow into, into the team and uh, seeing this sort of partnership come together or this triumvirate come together. Because, you know, on the evidence of, of the last few weeks, including Madrid, the first half, of course, um, they look like they can be just as lethal as, as, the, as, the, um, as the, the tried and trusted, the classic front three, if you will, you know, the, the Salah, Mane, Bobby. Um, you know, this looks, as you said, it looks like a way home. Um, so... I'm sure it'll all come together even more. And if you, as Johnny was saying there, if, if Jude Bellingham, you know, it, it seems to me from all the noises that, you know, it, it's, it is pretty much a done deal. And, and hopefully that happens in the summer. Obviously, Bacetic or Bacetic has come in and, and done really, really well and looks like a, you know, a mainstay now in the, in the first team setup. So, 
yeah, we do have a chance to finish the season really, really strongly. And we have, you know, we have certainly have a chance to take third place from them and finish above them. Um, certainly based on, you know, on the evidence of that. And what is it? We're 10 points behind now? Or is it seven with, and, and they have a game in hand or something? But we're. I think of, it's seven now. Whatever the games are, I don't know, but it's seven now. Yeah, seven. So that's very, very doable with 13 games to play. You know, they've, they've, they've all kinds of games coming up and they're moaning about playing three games a week and their fans were, were, were sort of laughing at the fact that we were using last season as a, as a reason why we might not be, be up there this season, and, and, you know, because of the, all the games we've played. Well, let's see. Let's see how they like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you'll know what it's like playing fucking 65 games a season. Enjoy, lads. Enjoy. Yeah. You know, and and there is this thing, this, uh, we might have forgotten about it, but there is this kind of post-winning um, League Cup malaise that happens to teams sometimes. Yeah. Whether that's part of this or not, I don't know. Time will tell. Johnny, the, you know, let's let's get on to the captain. Um, midfield in general, I think, is brilliant. We're all concerned about it at the start. Fabinho and, and Henderson work in tandem, I think, brilliantly. Um, they're backing each other up all the time, you know, particularly when we're pressed and they're never within, they're never farther than like four or five yards apart from one another. And I think, is it second, third and fourth goal? Um, or third, fourth, and fifth goal. I don't know. Sec- second goal, I'm pretty sure Henderson's winning the ball high up the pitch from Casemiro to win that chance, along with Fabinho. Third goal is him reading Fernandez's pass, setting Gakpo away. The fourth, um, I think he takes the ball off Anthony after Van Dyke's header. He sets sets Nunez away with a, with the right again, the right pass. It's the right decision. And the fifth, he, he gets the assist with a lovely cross and. Left-hand side, yes, it's not going to work every game. But I thought when he was central and deep and protecting the back four and having that having that perspective of seeing the whole pitch in front of him, um, I thought he was him and Fabinho, but for me particularly him, with his passing range and his decision-making, created an unbelievable platform to allow that front three to go and fucking destroy this side. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and listen, I've been as critical as anybody of, uh, of Hendo. I think he's been been way off for for, for quite a while. Um, and credit where credit's due, he was super. He was, he was super at the, uh, at the weekend. He, he had an absolute... He had an absolute stormer, and I agree. I mean, I had that misgiving because I've seen Henderson a fair few times where we've tried him on the left, and it's been pretty dreadful. So I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it. I was, I was fretful of Elliot because, especially going off the Palace game, he'd looked ropey, nervous. He gave a lot of balls away in that game, um, and. And and I think he came on as a sub in that game as well, um, but but you're right, Dave. I mean they they they, they were just on it. Um, 
it's and it's one of these games where the, where the, the manner of it was so easy. I mean, the, the, the dominance in midfield was complete. And you're right. I mean, he, he picked those passes and we broke. And every pass seemed to be decisive and intelligent. Um, from him, from, from Harvey Elliott, they, they, they were doing the basics right. And the game looked so easy. Um, and obviously the joy that you take from it and the positivity... That's all very real because it's them and we beat them by seven. Um, I can't help but feel, though, I really want to see it backed up this weekend at Bournemouth because they were objectively beyond a joke bad. I mean, I, oh, I watched... like heads, com- heads completely fell off and lost all discipline, all conviction, all desire. And that is that was a... I want the ground to swallow me up here after 2-0. And yeah. do you know what? Do you know what? You, the ground might as well have swallowed them up for all use they were on the pitch. On the pitch. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I thought as well, like, Tam Hag's tactics were just dead weird. I mean, there's been a bit of a template where teams have, have put players wide and really pinned them up against. You know, a lot of teams have identified that our fullbacks or our threat. Well, I said this to Chief actually earlier on. I was absolutely shocked that Rashford wasn't playing left-hand side. Absolutely crazy, because what they did, which was the maddest thing, you know, so what we've seen a lot, and, like, this is up to us. Like, no, we're not going to get games like that off fucking anybody in the Premier League. I mean, <laughs> never mind. All right, it was Man United, but I don't care. Fucking Bournemouth will, will be tactically... A lot better setup of that. Normally, teams have put wide men up against our fullbacks, really gone for that ball over the top, exploiting that space. Mental to me, absolutely crazy decision not to put Rashford there. They seem to decide that, you know, there's a thing now where some players get a bit of a carte blanche in a game to cheat, as we would say. You know, with them, it, it almost looks like the managers told them, "You're going to cheat a wee bit. You're not going to. You're not going to come back. You're going to." You're going to sort of cheat and stay up there looking to take advantage. And it looked to me, watching the game back, like Anthony was the player that they decided that with. Now, that might be complete horseshit. Ten High could turn around and go, that absolutely wasn't the plan. He was just a lazy I can't boss. imagine he would have stayed on the pitch that long if that wasn't Yeah, true. Very, very true. So it might have been tactical. But why you wouldn't put Rashford, who, let's be honest, Trent probably has a thing in his head about Rashford as well. Because Rashford had a really dominant display against them at, at Old Trafford a few years ago under Mourinho. He, he, you know, he scored and he caused us all sorts of problems in, in the, the game at Old Trafford earlier this season. So tactically, I know we, we started here talking about Liverpool's midfield and they were, listen, they were excellent. They were superb. But it's really hard to make sense of what their plan was. And I mean, the last thing I'll say on it was what, what was, what, what was epitomising it for me was when was the last game that you've seen Trent and Robertson finding each other so easily across the oh, pitch? You know, it, it many was like, years ago, Johnny, was it many years ago? Was it that I said to you the the fullback to fullback pass is is the greatest pass in football? And oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. We probably saw that more times in that game than we've seen it all season combined. Yeah, because teams have set up and teams have prevented us playing it. It was almost like they just 
whether it was an arrogance thing, whether it was them thinking, you know, they're vulnerable at the back, we're going to cheat a wee bit, we're going to put men forward, we're going to ride out the first 20 minutes and then have a go, which in fairness they did, you know, from I think from like 25 or 30, 25 to 35, there was a 10, 15 minute spell where they did get on top, Fernandez at the header and stuff, but they just did so many things wrong. Um, and, and as I say, and, and the, you know, with good Bournemouth on Saturday, I, I really want, I really want to see that tempo. I really want to see that progressive stuff from our fullbacks, and I really want to see the midfield get on top. But it, it'll no be nowhere near as easy as that was on Sunday because that was. I don't know what I was watching, but it was, it was just insane. It was insane to watch. Yeah, totally, Chief. Let's come on to Mo Salah. Um, he's been criticised this season. There has been talk about shouldn't you give him a new contract and down tools and all this nonsense, right? What we all have to agree on, begrudgingly or not, is he's also adapted to new players and a new system and um, a team that has been, you know, physically and mentally you know, exhausted from the year before. But I think we see the best of him, absolutely the best of him on Sunday. He's by far the best player on the pitch. And he is now the club's record Premier League goal scorer, 129 goals. He, I still think, does not get the recognition deserved for the player that he is and 169 goals or 129 goals is great but it's not just that seven I think it's 70 something like 74 assists or something to go along with that you know so to score that many goals and not be just a goal scorer is absolutely incredible yeah I mean he's <clears throat> It, it was a, what? Was it a season ago that people were saying um, and everybody was, was rightly talking about him as, as the best player in the world? Uh, was it when he, he scored? Well, it was what? It was like 15 months ago, you know, yeah. around about last, well, maybe more, but like around about last kind of November. He, he scores that goal against City and then he goes on and scores that goal against yeah. Watford a couple of, a couple of weeks later. Yeah, before Egypt got knocked, done over by Senegal twice in quick succession. Yeah. And and he sort of fell off a little bit and everything caught up with him perhaps slightly for a while. But you're absolutely right, he has been adapting. He, he has been below par for his, you know, amazing standards this uh, this season so far. But he's, he's you know, he's, he's back, you know, he's... As you said earlier, the system now is allowing him to receive the ball where he wants to. It's allowing him to be faced one-on-one rather than two-on-one or three-on-one. It's giving him the chance to to run at defenders and cut inside and and, and either finish or um, dr- drop in and get involved in, in the build-up and, and also the break in the space. Um, and we weren't seeing that. We weren't seeing enough of that. So his sharpness is back. His finishing, you know, 
absolutely razor sharp there um, at the weekend, and he and, has and the two passes for the goals takes yeah like waited, waited to perfection. You don't even there are those passes that you don't see until they're made. And he had that one um, for Gakpo's goal. Yeah, that's what I mean. The two passes, the two yeah, assists, Firmino's and Gakpo's. But I mean, previous, previously in a, in a previous game, you remember the one where he drops in and and it's the reverse. oh the New, Newcastle. Yeah, and you know that's that's up there in the same same category. Sometimes his his um, through balls and his, his link up is absolutely sensational. You know. Properly world class, so he has that in him as well. He has, he does have that creativity in him, and you know, people I think overlook that because he has this reputation of sort of being greedy, and sometimes he, or often enough, he might take on a shot where when he could, um, lay a ball in for for somebody else. But I mean, what striker who scores that many goals doesn't do that? I mean, he's got the he's he's got the goals to to back up those choices when he makes them. So if we can get him and if he is sort of coming, as I said, alluded to earlier, at, back to his very best um, after a period sort of, of after a dip in form, then we're only going to profit from it. And it's it's exciting now. It's You can see the plan. You can see how it's, you know, what it was all about and how it's meant to work. And, you know, you've got Diaz coming back, who's electric as well. Um, Thiago, we've, you know, he was our best player last season. I mean, you, you remember the, the the stats and the points per game. Yeah, and ironically, ironically, we, we haven't actually missed we him. We haven't really missed him. Not in the same way. Like last season, we, we massively missed him when he didn't play. We sort of shoehorned him in for the... For the um, Champions League final, didn't we? Wasn't there an injury doubt with him, sort of just before kickoff? Yeah, and you could tell, and you could tell he, he you could tell he wasn't hundred percent watching the game. Yeah, so he was that important to us. Whereas you know he's been out now for for this entire period. So things bode well, like things bode well. And Mo yeah, Salah, Johnny, go on, Chief. Mo Salah, you know, one of the best in the world. And if he, yeah, if he's back, then fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, it's like twelve goals against Manchester United, um, eleven in his last six games. That's like it's absolutely, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, there's no United player can boast even close to that sort of record versus Liverpool. It's just unheard of. Johnny, just. Uh, come on to like what really was as as much fun as we all had during that game there was one moment that made everybody just get up off the seat and just just grin from ear to ear and smile um and it is fairy tale it's for for me no coming on after the week where he announces he's not staying um <laughs> you know um and actually, the pass is great. The first touch, he lets it... I don't know whether you noticed this, but the first touch, he kind of lets it get away from him a bit. It's maybe a bit behind him. But then, it's this lovely little touch where he just rolls 
rose the 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 toe of his studs, if that makes sense, just the very end of his boot over the ball to bring it back under his control and does that really sensible thing when when you're at that angle? He just hits it low at the goalkeeper and, and manages to squeeze through his legs and and the celebration afterwards. It's set like who celebrates like that at seven nil, but it was <laughs> completely justified and everybody bought into it and everybody wanted it and it felt absolutely right. And we heard the reception when he came on. We heard the reception when he scored the goal. And this guy is just one of the most joyous footballers that has ever played for the club. And like a genuine, genuine club legend. Oh, without a doubt. He's uh... I think Carragher said it in the commentary. You know, he said he is a bona fide Liverpool legend, and he absolutely is. He, I think he's just one of those players where you, you just think when he's gone, you'll think about him and you, and you will smile at the times watching him. You know, just his attitude and demeanour as well. Always, always happy, always smiling. Um, but he epitomised, he was really the, and it's ironic because he was already there when 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 Clark came to the club, um, criminally misused by Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> I always right wing back, back Johnny. Right wing back. You know my rant about that. That was Brendan Rodgers, wasn't it? Um, right wing back. He played him at Arsenal in a game. Um, he's getting found out at Leicester, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, just joyous and. He epitomised the Clap team, though, because he transformed how we played. He set the tone from the front. He gave us the platform in games. He was the one player that what you, I always thought when you when you were about to get a real vintage Liverpool performance under Clap, Bobby being on song was always a big, big part of it. Just and it just was fairy tale, wasn't it? He comes on and. I, I, we were all thinking it because at that stage anything looked fucking possible. They had gone, their heads had gone. It felt like we were going to score every time we came forward. And I think we were all thinking, wouldn't it just be fucking lovely if Bobby could get a goal? And the funny thing is, <laughs> like you've described it really well, Dave, but it's a, it was a fucking classic Firmino goal, wasn't it? Unorthodox. The touch is a <laughs> wee bit off. It's unorthodox. He improvises, which is something you see with Firmino, you know, the Rabona through balls and stuff, he improvises he gets the ball, and then a lot of his finishes are like that, just low strokes it through him and yeah, I mean, they all went fucking bananas, and um, yeah, I'm sure if we were playing in the FA Cup against Stockport and we got, went 7-0 up, we wouldn't have been <laughs> we wouldn't have been celebrating like that but it was Bobby and it was against them and uh, yeah, it was it was glorious. I'm not gonna lie, it was it was glorious. It it was by far it was by far the goal I enjoyed the most, which is strange because normally in a game against United, it's the goal that settles it that makes you feel safe. Yeah, even like the, the third. Joy, it? It's the third. Or or, or the way I was feeling, even the fourth actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we've been so fucking vulnerable, haven't we? But yeah, I mean, it when it was just because it was him and. Even though the supporter came on and tried to name half our fucking players, I still haven't seen what way he ran into them. But Clap was obviously. Oh, he just runs. He slips right before he gets to them and goes like feet first in. 
Oh, <laughs> fucking Berlin. But uh, yeah, it was great. And, and you could even tell, like, you know, when all the players had left, Bobby, he was still there giving it the big one. Well, it was actually, cop. it's actually Trent, like, tells him, turn around, turn around, yeah. look at the, look at the cop, points at yeah. his head and says, give him, give him, this is his moment. You know, yeah. acknowledge this, and the cop were yeah. all more. The cop were more than willing to oblige. Like, yeah, it was one of those ones where he probably would say, like, drink it in, enjoy yeah. this, like, because this is this is as good as it gets. You yeah, know, fairy you're, you're, tale stuff. Yeah, it was glorious. Fairy yeah. tale stuff. All right, chief. Let's. <sighs> I was going to go on to do some like FSD. There's, there's an article in the um in the Echo about investment commitment blah 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 but we don't have time so i want to look at bournemouth um let's just take madrid completely out of the equation that's a free hit as far as we're concerned um but we've got bournemouth and then like correct me what order that's in this is in but i think is it is it arsenal city is it arsenal chelsea city yeah, I think Chelsea City Arsenal, isn't it? Is it Chelsea City Arsenal? Is that what it is? Right. Yeah, pretty That's sure. Probably as hard a run as you as you're going to find in this division. Manchester United, Bournemouth in there, fine. You've got to go away to the Bernabeu. You've got to put a show on. You're not doing a Brendan Rodgers and throwing the tie. And then you've got three of the best teams in the league and. Probably, you know, that's the four most expensively assembled squads in the league, if you want to look at it that way. And Chief, if anything, we, we've now given ourselves a chance, and it's only a chance. We need, th- this is three points that cannot get away from us against Bournemouth, given the three games following. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's, it's got fucking banana skin written on it. Unfortunately, because we're shit at half twelve, um, um, and like and I'd much, I'd much prefer to have beaten them like two one earlier on in the season. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's it as well. It's you know we we battered them nine, didn't we? Absolutely destroyed them. It was the end of Scott Parker and and the whole change that sort of came there. So you know it'll be interesting to see how how it works out. Um, in the return in the return fixture, I don't know. Obviously, on paper, we should we should beat them. Um, if we turn up and play anything like we did against against United, we will comfortably beat them. We need to we need to stick the ball in the net. We will create chances. Um, but we need to be on it again. There are. No easy games, and it was pointed out. Like, I mean, Bournemouth are unlucky to lose against Arsenal um, at the weekend there in the in the ninety eighth minute. So you wouldn't have seen that coming. The so they they're they're capable of of putting in a performance, and we have had the odd day where well, we had that one dicey game there, didn't we? Were the the Carrius game, the the four three, um, way back when. But generally, Bournemouth were always the team you wanted to play if you wanted three points. Which is dead. Like that was in the in the Eddie Howe era, and we did battle them earlier in the season. So maybe they'll sort of collapse if we if we hit the front. 
Um, so, yeah, we absolutely need the three points. There's no point in, you know, you can whack United 10 and it's a great day. But if you go and lose the, go and lose the next game or, or don't back it up with three, then you know how it is. It, you feel like you, it's, it's a wasted, a wasted opportunity. Yeah, Johnny, it, 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 this is this is critical. This is this is the opportunity for this team to go out and basically reinforce the suspicion that we're back. Right? We've yeah, yeah. You know, we we've results in the league have been good up to this point. We have that Palace game, which is one of the worst games of football I've ever watched. But at the same time, it's, what, 13 points from our last 15 available? No goals conceded? What, 23 goals scored in five games? That, that's, that's impressive. But this is the game where you go, you double down, and you say, right, we're going to make sure that everybody realises that this is not just a, just one of those little patches of form that teams have. This is now us back to picking up, you know, four wins in five standard across the season. Four wins in five, four wins in five, four wins in five. And we've got to because we know there is every likelihood we will drop at least two points in the three games following. Yeah, exactly. Um it, it is. It is a real. It is a real opportunity. I think what 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 sort of went quietly under the radar was after the Wolves game. I think we'd kept something like. I think I'd read somewhere it was six clean sheets and seven after the Wolves game, which surprised me as a stat because it, I don't know about you, but it hasn't felt like that. You know, it's felt like we were leaking a lot of goals, but quietly, we 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 kept we kept clean sheets. The Real Madrid game being the obvious aberration, um, and 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 that platform was there. And I thought I thought we were quite good against Wolves. I mean, I didn't think we were spectacular, but there were signs there in that game that the front three were starting to make things happen. Some of the movements, some of the I guess some of the relationships on the pitch, that's been the noticeable thing. I mean, that was a real feature of of the Klopp team. You know, the, the you know, that that Trent Hendo Salah down the right, Rabo, Rabo, Mami down the left. And and there's been signs that them relationships are developing. So it, the the platform's been there with the stability at the back. And then it certainly feels after the, the weekend like things have clicked in quite a big way. They they should be going out onto that pitch feeling really, really good, really, really confident. Um, I think for all the shit this season, I think we're still fifth for like XG in the league. So despite our problems, we've been, you know, we've been still, still been creating a lot of, we, we've been good at creating chances. Um, and absolutely, it, it's it's a you know the signs are that Newcastle are really starting to falter. I think that cup final defeat will take a lot out of them because that was a massive one for them. 
I'll be honest, I watched Spurs tonight. I watched them against Milan. They were absolutely dreadful. Conte is going in the summer. There is no spirit. There is no fight in that team. I think Spurs will continue to drop a lot of points. I think it's there for us, but it's the narrative, isn't it? If you beat United 7 and you go to Bournemouth and you draw, you play crap and, God forbid, lose your sloppy goals and stuff, all the doubts resurface. So it's a big game. It's an important game. Um, we're in a really good position now. We're in a good moment. Teams around us, there's there's a genuine chance we could sneak third. Um, but yeah, we, we've got to be convincing. We've got to go out there, good tempo, score a few goals, and um, yeah, keep marching on because then it's City, then it's Chelsea in the league. And we know we're not going to take six points from those two games. So it's imperative we get three at the weekend. Yeah. All right, lads. Thank you for joining me. That was <laughs> one of the most enjoyable conversations I've ever had. Um, uh, prediction, Chief, for Saturday afternoon. Early afternoon, as it were. It's an early kickoff. Oh, yeah. Well, still, I think we'll turn up. I think we'll we'll go again. I think. We'd rather have an early kickoff away than an early kickoff at home. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it's their crowd that's sort of there's their crowd that's shit, not ours exactly. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say four 0 Johnny. Yeah, I'm just gonna say three 0 I'm gonna go three 0 Okay, I'll go. We get beat two 0 because I'm always wrong. <laughs> All right, lads. Thank you for joining me. That was an absolute pleasure. Until next time. Up the Kelly Kate's absolutely ripping the piss out of Gary Neville Reds. <laughs>